I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friend Broderick once wrote that Easter is tricky. On one hand, we proclaim our alleluias, we sing hymns like Jesus Christ is risen today, we adorn our homes with pretty flowers. But on the other hand, we still face the realities of the world around us. Our world is still plagued with racism, gun violence, climate change, a widening economic divide. And this may seem especially relevant to us as we face the difficulties and heartbreak of living through the coronavirus. The celebration of the Easter season we are in now can be tricky as we try to navigate the complexities of our lives and of this world. This morning's gospel story gives us some insight into the trickiness of celebrating the Easter season in a Good Friday world. Now, on this fourth Sunday of Easter, our lectionary always provides us with readings about Jesus as the Good Shepherd. And of all the Good Shepherd lectionaries, the one we hear this morning is definitely the most abstract. There's all sorts of images and metaphors flying around. Sheep, shepherd, gate, gatekeeper, strangers, thieves, bandits, wolves. And at one point, the author of this lesson even writes, Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So don't be discouraged if it's difficult to keep track of who's who and what's what. There is a lot happening in this passage. Now, one of the keys to beginning to make sense of all of this is the context of this lesson. And without trying to bore you too much, this particular story falls within a structural pattern used throughout John's Gospel. Jesus performs a sign. There's dialogue as onlookers try to figure out what the sign means. And then Jesus interprets the sign. And our lesson for this morning falls in that interpretation part of this structural pattern. In the chapter immediately before this morning's lesson, Jesus performs the sign of healing a man born blind from birth. And it also includes the dialogue of the Pharisees and onlookers as they try to make sense of what just happened. Jesus's words in this morning's lesson are a way to help us understand what the healing in the previous chapter means. And if you ask me, it's very Jesus-like to provide an abstract explanation of his works, an explanation packed with imagery and metaphor. But what I think we can say about this is that in restoring sight to the blind man, the man born blind from birth, Jesus saves him from a life of isolation and marginalization. The blind man, who before being healed begged outside the city and was ostracized from the community, 
is restored to a sense of safety and belonging. Never again will he have to worry about where his next meal will come from. His days of seclusion are over, as he now knows himself to be a valued member of Jesus' sheepfold. Jesus restores the man to a sense of security and community. And it's a helpful reminder that Jesus works to restore us to a sense of community with God and with the people around us. Jesus seeks us out and restores us to the safety and security of the sheepfold. But there is another aspect of this lesson that I think is worth exploring. Of all the images that are on display in this lesson, it's the image of Jesus as a gate that seems to get particular focus. And if we think about it, the purpose of a gate is to create an opening in a fence. It's the gate that allows us to venture outside the safety of the sheepfold in order to find pasture. A gate allows us and people to travel through barriers. Yes, Jesus calls us to a place of safety where we are loved and cared for, but he is also the gate by which we venture beyond the walls and into the world. Now, Let me be very clear. I'm not talking about leaving our homes during the coronavirus. We should absolutely be staying safe and practice good social distancing. Those rules are in place for good reason. But if we think about this in more of a spiritual sense, the image of Jesus as a gate suggests that Jesus is the conduit through which we move beyond our focus on ourselves and our inwardness and into God's abundance and openness. Jesus says, I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. Jesus is our way to safety, but he also calls us out beyond ourselves. And when we are angry or afraid or living in a place of scarcity, barriers that keep others out sounds pretty good. But Jesus is telling us that he is the entry point into the struggle and complexity of the outside world. He is the entry point into depth and change. Towards the end of this lesson, Jesus says, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Life, or zoe in Greek, is a fundamental concept throughout John's Gospel. At the very outset of the Gospel, we hear the author proclaim, In him was life, and the life was the life of all people. Brian McLaren, a Christian thinker and writer, says that Jesus sets us free so that we might participate in the big work of life. And by that, he means a life that moves us toward how we relate to God, to our family, to our friends, to our neighbors, 
to the people on the other side of the fence. God is always working to move us in this direction. Even in a time when we can't be physically together, and again, for good reason, when we wear masks at grocery stores, when we are feeling scared or uncertain about the future, God continues to find ways to draw us into relationship with God's self and with one another. God continues to be the gate what draws us into a life of value and meaning. God is always and repeatedly working to bring us to life and restore us to relationship with him. Knowing this, knowing that God works to restore us to community, knowing that God is the gate through which we move past the barriers of our lives and into the abundant life that God offers, knowing all this gives us courage to wade into the trickiness of celebrating Easter in a Good Friday world. It allows us to wade into the complexities of this world and our lives as an Easter people. Amen.